Hey y'all, this week we'll be talking about body image, which includes some conversations about disordered eating and excessive exercise. If that's something that's upsetting to you, feel free to skip this episode and we'll see you next week. I would want to go famous on the YouTube for uh, becoming the first woman president. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really don't want to be the president. I I honestly, I do not dream of labor. And I just, I don't want that kind of responsibility in my life right now, you know, wherever. I really thought for the longest time I wanted to be some huge political figure. And then I was like, they actually all suck, if we're being honest. Yeah. I remember there was a time when I was going around and people were asking me what I wanted to be when I was older. And I said, the governor's wife. And they said, why the governor's wife? And I said, because I don't want to be the governor. <laughs> that's what I mean, that's what I, I want to be. I mean, it's like my current, you know, dream of being like a housewife. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be famous, but I want Andrew to be famous enough that I could right. be in the spotlight. Right. And potentially get cast on like the Real Housewives of New York. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. I want to be a trophy wife for sure. And I want my full-time job to be philanthropy with the millions of dollars that my partner has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel good about uh, that. I completely feel you. That's exactly what I want. I'm going to spend my life like volunteering, you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. giving back only because my husband made it rich. Like. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to put in the effort to get there, but I'm happy no. if he could do that, you know? Right. I feel good about that. I think that's good. We're on the same wavelength. It's good we aren't marrying each other because then we would both just be like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that would be. I mean, honestly, I think everyone knows we would make phenomenal life partners, but <laughs> we would get exactly nowhere. Right. I am kind of hoping it falls through with Andrew so that like, I get you, but I know it's not realistic. So, you know, talking about it in therapy, it's fine. <laughs> Maybe that's our next episode topic, the one that got away. I'm Lexi. And I'm Lane. And this is My Therapist Told Me, the podcast where we unpack our lives and encourage you to do the same. Hey, Lane. Hey, Lex. Wow, you really did match my energy there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hi, Lexi. Hi, <laughs> the winters. We're not going down the drag race tangent uh, right now we have things to talk about today yes what are we talking about this is going to be so fun because we're talking all things body yaddy yaddy body yaddy 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 so shout out to the houston hottie though megan stallion for giving us a song that helps us celebrate our body yaddy yaddies so a lot of what we're going to talk about today lex is all focused around our bodies and the image that we have of it and how we can unlearn some of the harmful things that we might think about our bodies. Ooh, I'm so excited and ready to unlearn. Yeah, this will be a super interesting episode because I think we both 
know what it's like to not love our bodies in every single way all of the time. Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of people do, probably the majority, but we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. As we get kicked off today, I just want to take a second to talk about like what body image actually is. So Lex, when you think body image, what what comes to mind? Like, What are the things that you think about? Yeah, when I think of body image, I think it's the vision that you have of yourself um, as you appear to others. And I don't think that means it's necessarily always true. But when I think of body image, it's like what I would see in a full length mirror, like what I look like from tip to toe, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I'm curious, when was the first time that you can kind of remember thinking like about your body? Like the first time, like you, I feel like you became self-aware of like, this is my body and this is how I'm perceiving it. Wow. So for those of you who don't know, I was a child prodigy in the dance. No, I'm just kidding. I was not a prodigy, (laughs) but I started dance lessons very young. And I think I was in my first lessons when I was five or six. And if you aren't familiar, dance studios have tons of mirrors, right? The whole walls are lined with mirrors. So that was definitely one of my first experiences with body image. I think, you know, dance helped me to see the different parts of my body and how I could move them and fluidity and things like that. But I think it also served as a constant reminder of comparing myself to others. And I still feel like a lot of my body image stuff comes from looking in a mirror for 16 years of my life doing competitive dance. So yeah, that's my, that's my personal experience right off the bat for you. What about you? Yeah, I know I haven't had a sister who did dance, so I know what a studio looks like. And you can see every single person at all times and you're constantly thinking about it. So I get what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my earliest memory of, you know, being aware of my body was like seventh grade. Mm. And I was in health class. I had the worst gym teacher ever. I should have never been employed as a gym oh, no. teacher. Why? And Why? He was just like so chaotic. I don't even know if he had a degree, if I'm being totally honest with you. <laughs> like it's, I mean, I was from like the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. Like I think they would have hired anybody and he was the guy that they hired. Like you like camped out. You, you could be like a football you. coach. Come teach <laughs> PE. Like that's all I remember. But I remember being in that class and, you know, naturally we were, I think we were just talking about like health and I got used as an example of like a kid that was overweight and <gasps> no, like, you in the did class. Not. Yes. That's why I'm saying like this teacher should have never been a teacher, but I was the example of the kid who was like the overweight when we were doing the body mass section. <gasps> and so. How traumatic. Oh my God. I mean, that's why we're unpacking all of this today. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Thanks <laughs> for the or- villain origin story here. So <laughs> it was like fully, yeah, like my first time re- that I can like actively remember being like, oh, I thought I was healthy. I thought I was fine. But it turns out that my teacher and my peers see me as this overweight little chunky kid. Um, So that was like, yeah, really tough. I feel like the root of a lot of the issues and ideas that I had when it came to my body. So yeah, that's literally my villain origin story. Like they could make a Marvel character out of me. They could. They could. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to you though. That's really 
horrible. I just, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, especially in, as an adolescent too, you know, as a little teenager, not necessarily what you want to hear at first. Right. Um, so mm. I'm excited to talk about it throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Let me hear it. You were spot on with talking about body image. Body image itself is just kind of defined as how one perceives their physical self. Um, so all the thoughts and the feelings that we experience as a result of how we perceive ourselves is also part of our body image. It's influenced by both individual and environmental factors. So things that happen internally when we start thinking about our body, but oftentimes it's, you know, that's influenced by what we see and hear in the world around us. Do you mean like media and TV, newspapers and all that stuff? Newspapers. Yeah. Newspapers. Are we, yeah. we are showing age. <laughs> why did I why did I say newspapers? Social media was right there. So yes, the, the things that we see at the world around us, newspapers included, uh definitely influence how we you know see ourselves, how we perceive ourselves in this light. There are actually a few different ways to break down body image as well to help us understand the whole picture. So it's not just necessarily how we perceive ourselves. There are pillars that affect our overall body image. So the first one is perceptual, which is just the way we see ourselves. So it's what we, when we look in that fully mirror, um, what we see, you know, looking back at us, even if it may not be accurate, which we're going to come back to, that's, you know, the perceptual part of body image. So, Lex, the second pillar is affective. Do you want to take a guess what this one means? Hmm. Okay. Well, with the enunciation on the affect part of it, I'm going to say that it has something to do with how we feel about ourselves, question mark. Ding, ding, ding. The affective part of our body image is the way we feel about how we look. So there might be things that we like or things that we dislike, and all of those emotions surrounding it fall into this category. Hmm. The third pillar of body image is cognitive, which is what we believe about our body. So like if like we'd be hotter if we we're thinner or got more muscle or changed our hair color or did something like that. So things that, you know, our emotions drive turn into things that we believe would help with our body image or mm -hmm. with our body. And that falls under the cognitive branch. And then lastly, the fourth pillar is behavioral. So what we do in relation to how we look. So this usually manifests itself as excessive exercise or disordered eating or the behaviors that we enact in order to try to fix something about our bodies. Mm -hmm. So as we like to say here, all roads lead to capitalism. That's right. So with that, um, our body image, like we were saying, all of those pillars, our perception, our feelings, our beliefs, our actions, it's all directly influenced by this capitalist system that we live in. So. You might be asking yourself, how in the world is that even possible? It just is. We're going to unpack it. <laughs> Under our socioeconomic system, it's taught that all individuals 
have free will and we have control over everything that happens in our lives. So that means that if we put on some weight or drop some weight or build some muscle or lose some muscle, that it's all something that we did ourselves. Mm. And because of that, that gives us this mindset that our body is completely under our control, which with modern medicine, we just know that's not the case nowadays. Sometimes your body, like mine, I've literally learned through a doctor that my body doesn't put on muscle or build muscle as fast as Andrew's. So when I used to compare like why he could look so fit so quickly, that's all part of it. So these were things that nowadays we know that we don't have complete control over our bodies. We can definitely influence it in some ways, but our bodies, our genetics are made up and it's going to do what it wants to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And is there a part of that, that like sometimes certain medicines that you're taking or things like that affect your weight? So it really is out of your hands in that way too. Yeah, exactly. Like my mom has quite a few medications because she has a lot of thyroid issues. Mm -hmm. It caused her to gain some weight really, really rapidly. And when Mm -hmm. she talked to the doctor about it, the doctor was just kind of like, it's either your thyroid or your weight. Like there's not really a a middle ground for you there. And the same thing goes with some of the medication that we take nowadays too might suppress our hunger or, you know, suppress our appetite. And so therefore we might not eat as much. So we might lose some weight. And all of that is, you know, definitely an influence. And given the COVID pandemic, people who lose taste or smell who might lose it long term might not necessarily eat the things that they used to or you know might have to change their diet at some point all of these are factors in this uh, but when we combined that socioeconomic system that idea that we have this free will in our capitalist society to change anything about our body with the white cis hetero patriarchy that we live under we Go see off. that there's a clear influence of what beefy looks like which is going to affect our perception of ourselves, especially when we start comparing to what we'll call the standard, quote unquote. But you know, we obviously know there there shouldn't be a beauty standard. Mm. And I'm thankful that there seems to have been a societal shift recently to redefine what beauty is. You know, we see Lizzo, I talk about all the time, coming out with her shapewear line, you know, that fits all bodies and of all shapes and sizes. And so it's little things like that that are really changing the norm about how we perceive ourselves. But we know that for so long, things like the color of our skin and the size of our waist and our muscle structure and all of these different parts of our body were constantly held to these quote unquote standards that we saw around us. Mm. Thinking about the effect of body image on our mental health here, we know that how we perceive ourselves can be unhealthy and can lead us to unhealthy behaviors like excessive exercising or disordered eating. But I'm going to ask you a question about what research has determined. Okay. Hit me with that. I want you to take a wild guess, okay? And think of the group of people who are least affected by body dysmorphia, eating disorders, or body image dissatisfaction in general. When you say a group, do you mean like a gender, a socioeconomic status? What's the vibe here? All of the above. Okay, I'm going to say white straight men. You're they are on the money. Can you believe? I cannot believe. Shocking. <laughs> 
this is shocking. This is truly shocking news here. That I think that this podcast has now become revolutionary, honestly. So you're right on the money, Lex. Cis hetero white men are typically the control group in a lot of research, especially when we're looking at social status. Um, and consistently, they are significantly less affected by body image issues. There's been a little change in recent years. They are, you know, being a little more affected. However, overall, when compared to any other genders, any other race, any other sexual orientation or gender identities, they are drastically less affected. So yes. this is proof that that socioeconomic system that we were talking about are extremely influential on the way that we perceive our bodies. And they oftentimes favor those cis, hetero, straight, I uh, just double straight cis hetero white men. So for instance, adolescent girls are more prone to dissatisfaction with their body than their peers. Mm. And gay men are statistically more likely to develop an eating disorder than their straight counterparts. Mm. So through all of the research, that's the consistent theme is that those straight white men, they just got a little easier than the rest of us most of the time. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to clarify in case anyone is confused. I don't think he's I don't think you're saying that they don't have any problems at all. Like I'm sure there's a level of discomfort and idealization that happens with every group in relation to their body. I think just to clarify what you're saying is that, you know, they seem to be the norm and so for them they may see their bodies represented more frequently and so they don't necessarily feel as deep of that desire to change it because of society's expectations yes exactly they are typically less likely to develop some sort of dissatisfaction with their body okay and especially act on it as well i'm not saying that every single person you know out there that falls into that category has it easy by any means and that's kind of what i hinted at earlier with like research showing that it's becoming more prevalent amongst all people. Right. However, compared to marginalized groups, it's pretty significant that there's a not not as affected. Yeah, I'm not trying to play the devil's advocate. I just also don't want the white straight men coming after us. So if you're white straight in a man, it's okay. We still like you here. Lane's iffy. Lane's iffy about that. I haven't decided. <laughs> Jury's still out. We'll let you know. No, I'm kidding. Because every person likely at some point will experience some sort of dissatisfaction with their body. And it's something that I feel like might be part of the human experience, which really sucks. But that goes back to the systems that we live in that have been in place for so long that have taught us to feel this way about our bodies. And it's yeah. part of what we have to do to unlearn it. And so now to share a little about my experience with all of this and let's jump in wherever because we were on this journey together for a while. I've touched on it in past episodes, but let's be real. Gay men can be so toxic, yeah. especially when it comes to our bodies. Mm. There's this very obvious narrative that's focused on the toned white light-haired men that leads to body dissatisfaction across the gay community and unfortunately that's what i was a victim of i fit a couple of those categories now but 
at one point in my life, I certainly didn't, especially when I was the little chunky white kid that my teacher had to call out. So mm. for the longest time, I didn't really remember feeling any sort of way about my body until I had that experience in middle school. As I got older and I started wanting to explore my sexuality, I found Grinder, And with it came the notorious no fats, no fems tagline. And so instantly I felt like this community, like, was it for me? I didn't know if I'd ever find love. And I started feeling very insecure in my own skin. Mm. So, I mean, like, it's like you knew me at that point in my life when I don't necessarily think I was like unhealthy. I might've been a little overweight, had a few extra pounds, you know, but by no means was I unhealthy at that point. However. Because of those experiences and what I was seeing on social media and who was getting, you know, the most attention, even on our college campus, I started realizing that I wasn't maybe part uh, or wasn't ever going to be able to be part of this community like I wanted to. This warped image of myself, that perception that I had was so negative that it led to the behavioral aspect of, of body image and led to a lot of unhealthy behaviors. I s started working out two to three hours a day, whether it was doing fitness classes with friends or running or whatever it was. And so oftentimes I would go to the gym and do a class, but then go do a whole nother workout an hour later. And then when I got home, I'd literally eat the bare minimum. Like I'm talking like a pack of almonds and a granola bar, thinking that that was going to be enough for my dinner. If I made myself food, I might cook a box of pasta, but I might eat a fourth of it, if that. And when I went to get coffee, I would only drink black coffee because anything else added to it would just add calories to me in my mind. These behaviors were enacted on my part because of this negative body image. And so over the course of a year, I ended up losing about 60 pounds, which I thought was solving all of my problems. I was losing weight. I was looking thinner. I thought that that was going to be the, you know, the end goal for me in my mind. But only then, after all of that, after losing that weight, only then was it that I learned that I still wasn't going to be happy with everything about my body. You know, like the way I... My stomach looks when I sit down and what my mama would call my little love handles and all of these tiny little things about me that I felt needed to be fixed. I remember this phase of our lives very well. I think it was really hard as a friend to know what to do because I think that to a certain extent, I was really excited and proud of you for wanting to be more active and, you know, make what you would have called self-improvements. I do think candidly you were hiding parts of it from me because, you know, we we weren't eating together all the time. So I didn't know about the packs of almonds until later. Or if we had a meal together, you know, you would eat it, but I'm sure then you would feel like you couldn't eat later or something like that. And I didn't know you were going to the gym so many times a day. And this is not to blame you, just to say... I don't know. I wish I had been more observant to it because it, I would have, I don't know. I don't even know what you can do as a friend in this position, but I just wish I would have known. But I think 
What was really hard for me when I realized that it was taking a turn towards being unhealthy was all the praise that you were receiving because Uh. people were saying, oh my God, Lane, you look so good. You've lost so much weight. And it was like this feedback loop where when you got the praise, it just fueled you to keep doing it for longer. And that's when I started realizing that you were going like past the point of this being healthy for you into like it being way too much. And you can't be like, someone's complimenting your best friend and be like, shut up. (laughs) But like, it was just, I think that's the really hard part of it is we've talked about society praising people who look a certain way. And once you started to look that way, you got that. So it just reinforced the whole reason why you were doing it in the first place. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. And I will say at the time, I don't even think I perceived that as being unhealthy in any way. I thought that like, this was what I needed to do in order to like, finally, we'll call it fit in. But I I thought that that's what I was required to do. So I didn't necessarily think it was unhealthy. I never was, you know, conscious about it. And like, you were spot on the money. When people started telling me like, oh, like you look so much better. Like you've lost so much weight. I thought that that's was the perfect thing. And so I wanted to keep doing it. You know, it was, it was definitely some reinforcement there. And then despite it all, I still started having these little intrusive thoughts about like look parts of my body that I thought still needed to be fixed, but that wasn't the case. You know, it was just, again, fixing that perception, which you know, is tough. I'm not going to lie, but it's something that that can be done for sure. Yeah. I mean, I really connect. Well, I'm sure we're getting deeper into this. So maybe I'll hold my comment. No, go for it. Well, I was just going to say, I, I connect with that. I think something that I noticed personally is that during college, my body changed a lot. And something that happens for me is my body changes depending on the sport that I was doing. So in, you know, high school or middle through high school, I was dancing a lot, a bunch of days a week, all the time. My body looked one way. When I got to college, I started running. My body looked a different way. When, you know, I started doing yoga, my body looked a whole different way. So it was hard to keep adjusting to the fact that it was changing. So I feel like I can empathize with you a little bit in that way, because then you can, you're kind of comparing it to how it was or how it could be. And it just gets really tricky because it keep, for me, it kept changing and that was confusing. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting point. Cause it's especially the part you mentioned about like comparing it to how it was and then also comparing it to what it could be. I feel like that behavioral aspect of body image right like that's going to be a lot of it because you're constantly going to think back to like what you used to look like if you were trying to fix something about yourself right you you might be thinking back to what your body used to look like and think that you made all of this progress but you're still thinking about something that your body could look like right, right. and it just constantly leads to to more of those behaviors Yeah. So it's really interesting to hear your history with body image and kind of what you've experienced. I'm really curious to know if this came up in therapy and what you guys talked about. Oh, you know, it came up in therapy. This was one of the driving factors as to like why I wanted to go back to therapy, right? 
it was one of the tougher conversations that Andrew and I ever had was just around my body because naturally he was like, oh, you're perfect and I love you just the way you are. But it was hard for me to believe that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was sitting there in the back of my mind thinking like he's he's lying to me. Like he's telling me this because like he, you know, just likes my personality. Like he doesn't actually <laughs> like what I look like, you know, or like he would probably find things to change about it. And that just wasn't necessarily true. It was all um, more so around like perception, you know, and the, the behaviors that I was doing. So like I was still drinking black coffee. And if Andrew and I didn't work out in the mornings, like I refused to eat. Literally, I would like not eat until like 1230 and would eat like something small because we didn't work out. So like I wasn't allowing myself to have food. Yeah. So a lot of these behaviors got me to start talking about it in therapy and my therapist and I talked about a few different points that I, you know, want to share with everyone here because it's how I treat myself now and how I think about my body. And I've made a lot of progress. So Yay. the first thing is to think of yourself as a whole person. This is kind of like the baseline that my therapist and I talked about. We're not just physical beings, right? So when we think about our bodies, as people like just think about like you're also like a soul that's just encompassing a body and you have skills and talents and interests and things that make you know who you are that aren't just physical it was one of the first things that i did was starting appreciating like the entirety of myself like i work in human resources i really loved my job and i was also reading in the evenings or creating content like on something like there there's so many parts that make me who I am and so rather than focusing on all of the physical parts of myself I started appreciating the other things about me that people could or I'm not gonna say could but do love you know things that made me think I love that I'm very like holistic body person I feel like that's something I've gotten into because I just feel like it's so easy to get caught up on one piece of yourself or one piece of someone else but we're just so much more than that and I really love that lesson yeah absolutely and it, I'm not saying that all of the intrusive thoughts I had about certain parts of my body stopped instantly sure but I started replacing them you know kind of swapping them out when I had some a thought like that I'd be like oh well I'm also this you know and these are the reasons that people still love me no matter what my body looks like. Yes, oh, I love that. I think the funniest thing that I, I was thinking about at one point was, great, like I can bitch a certain weight, but like when I sit down, I'm still going to have like a little a little stomach, you know? And like that's Everybody okay. Does. Everybody yeah. does. And now I think my arm might not look super muscular, you know, but like, I do a podcast with my best friend and I no. read and I go and I do fun things, you know, like there yeah. are certain, there's so many things about me that make up who I am that aren't physical. Yeah. So it's just a really important lesson to take away there. Mm, so good. The next thing that my therapist and I talked about was there are parts of me that aren't physical, right? But also out of all the parts that are physical, we have to think about the things that our body does for us. There are so many ways to be healthy. Like there are so many people out there on a large 
spectrum, you know, of all shapes and all sizes that are healthy people. And I might not look like another person, but we are just as healthy uh, as one another. We have to celebrate the things that our body does for us, the way it supports us in all the ways that it does. Yeah. And I think this connects back. I'm just thinking about our episode from last week about chronic health and sometimes having that sort of perspective. I'm just like really stinking proud that my body keeps me alive. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like sometimes when, and, and I think this happens with all of us, you know, when you get sick, you start to appreciate how great it is to not be sick right like when you get a cold or the flu or something you're like yes. I can't believe I didn't appreciate when my nose wasn't all stuffed up so I feel like sometimes we just forget that like our legs carry us every day and like our heart keeps us alive and our lungs keep us breathing and like there's so many amazing cool things that are happening within our body and we just need to say thank you because it's killing it yeah, exactly. And it doesn't matter if it looks a certain way in like one little spot, like it's still supporting us. Like, right. This bitch is doing a good job. You know what I mean? Like she's doing good. Yeah. She's working hard. So it's just important to think about yourself as a whole person, but also think about your body and appreciate all the work that it does for you just to keep you pumping. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I also, you know, wanted to plug the whole, like, be conscious about what you read and look at and consume and everything. But the last lesson that my therapist and I talked about was taking that a step further, right? And when it comes to setting goals, especially ones around body image, set ones that focus on your overall health, not just your weight. I started setting goals specifically focused on those eating habits and exercise. Uh, so for instance, I set goals to work out for 30 minutes a day. Thank you, Apple Watches. Woohoo. Whatever it was to, you know, like rather than straining myself to do this really intense workout for 30 minutes a day, sometimes I'll do a yoga session or, which is straining. This is not saying anything like that. I just mean like it doesn't always have to be high intensity, right? Yeah, and levels of impact and things like that. Like running is going to be different than like a slow flow for yoga. Yeah, exactly. So you know, thinking about varying just how I got my exercise. So whether it was like a long walk or a yoga session, or I went to the gym and lifted, like whatever it was, just knowing that I exercised for the day. The next thing was with my food habits, my eating habits. So I set goals to not look at calories or measure whatever I was eating by its serving size. At one point in my life, no joke, I was like measuring the Cheerios like in a measuring cup and then pouring it in the bowl and then measuring how much milk I could have because I was calculating every single calorie down like to the specific number. And the same thing with serving sizes. If I saw that the hummus that I bought was a serving size of two tablespoons, I went and got a tablespoon and I would like slide you know, wow. a knife over it to make sure that I had the right amount. All of that was like really consuming a lot of my energy because I would either stop myself and I might still be hungry. You know, like sometimes you have a long day and you want a little snack. Yeah. Like that's okay. Sometimes you just want a snacky snack at the end of the day. And you should be able to have one and not think anything of it. Agreed. And so with this last point that my therapist and I talked about, that's just what I really want to reiterate is 
that when you set these goals, make sure they work for you, but remember to set them about your overall health, things that you want to accomplish and not a number on a scale that you want to see. Because otherwise you could, you know, find yourself in a sticky situation. Overall, we're all human beings and we're going to have lots of feelings about our body, but make sure that you can take that perception and turn it into something where you focus on yourself, who you are as a human and your overall health, not just whatever you think you perceive in the mirror. I love that. Thank you so much for just talking about your experience and I'm proud of the ways. I feel like at the end of every episode, I'm like gushing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) But really, I mean, I think this is a really tough subject. I think it's something that people continue to fight against throughout their lives. Like, you know, I have some friends who have had children, which is like, crazy to think about but they did it intentionally so that's cool for them no shame (laughs) but your body changes significantly after you have a child right so like even dramatic shifts like that like you may be fine in your body pre-pregnancy and then feel a type of way after and I think that this is just something that we continue to face our whole lives and so if you can really build those healthy habits that you just recommended and that you used yourself think you can build a strong foundation so, so that when those other times happen, you can keep trying to work through it. Even if it never goes away completely, you can take the baby steps to keep moving forward. Absolutely. And nobody's journey is ever going to be linear, right? With any of this. Yeah. Nobody's journey in therapy will ever be linear, but it's all about building that foundation and being able to have support when you find yourself in those, you know, tough times. So Lexi, any final words for the people? Yes, to all my fans and followers, keep working on yourself. You're doing great. I'm so proud of you. And also go to therapy. Meet us there. It's a fun time. You know where else is fun? Our Instagram at my therapist told me pod. We got to plug it. I'm sorry. It's there. (laughs) Quick plug. Don't apologize. We'll see you on Instagram and we'll see you in therapy. Bye all.